Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I am one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the Dungeon Watcher, the Gunslinging, the... What did I say last night? I forget. The uh, Eyes of Tomorrow. That's wrong. A thousand, mm. a thousand words, Josh Finney. Hi, not Josh. your, not your best. No, nope. not, not your best. Not your best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's, been, it's been a Cheers. long week. Okay. Cheers. Yay, Josh! Yay! 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 It's been a long week, man. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm trying here. It's been a fucking week. Somebody put that down. I haven't said it in a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Plus, I wasted all my good ones on on podcast last night, Josh. It's true, you did. You did. Yeah, but Josh also joining us is the legend, the man, the Mac Daddy. Nerd Generalist is here. The Mac Daddy. That's what I said. I don't know. Mac Daddy. What what yeah. what podcast are we doing here? I I thought I signed up for an Untitled Goose Game podcast. Mm. Honk. The goose is on the loose. <laughs> what's up i'm happy to actually be back with both of you the last yeah. time i think the last couple times i've been on it's been in in absence of one of you so i'm happy yes. to be back with both of you true yep true. most most of the time one of us is missing when you're here not today not today now it's just a threesome yep mm. sausage mm. party mm. Mm. linkage all right. Okay. Uh, I, I have to ask, since you know we're we're in the dawning spirit, it's it's the holidays. It's our last episode of the year. Have you guys seen some of these Christmas campaigns that are just getting completely out of hand? You um, have to be more specific. Okay, yeah. Like have you seen the Planters Peanuts one? No. No, but is it Googleable? Uh, so I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read the image to you that I found. Okay. Oh boy. Because this I'm showed excited. up as a Facebook ad, and then it was actually it was in fucking Kroger. It was Wait, in Kroger. Is this gonna make me go nuts? Um, so hey, I, I'm gonna pull this up because I don't I don't want to mince my words here. It is a picture of the planter's peanut inside of a snow globe, and he's holding a stack of nuts, and it says "Planters to all a good nut." <laughs> i kid you not this is a real fucking thing that that, com- that the planters peanuts company approved hormel foods approved this i love it to all a good nut and i, I want to know why we have not heard more about this ad campaign i think everybody deserves a good nut for christmas mm-hmm. uh you Plays know what I, I, t- I tend to agree That's just, so some of these campaigns are just fucking wild. Uh, have you seen? Has anybody seen the Etsy commercials? No. no. So there, there's an Etsy commercial where there's this there's this dad and his daughter, and this daughter is holding a snow globe and is putting it at the empty seat at the table, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty clearly implied that the mom is like, she's I dead. did, I she's did dead. see this, and so the dad like orders some gift off Etsy, and you're like, what the fuck is is dead so no so i've seen this commercial actually and i actually got really mad about it so what happens in the commercial is it's a snow globe and he goes and he like cuts up a bunch of uh newspaper shreds a bunch of newspaper and like throws it into a fan and like takes his daughter into this room with all the newspaper and at the end of it i was like oh that's sweet but who's gonna clean that shit up 
It's a fucking Amazon commercial is what it is. Because that's a hot mess right there. That's a fucking Amazon commercial. I was just like, what does the shredder have to do with because my, my girlfriend had the same exact line of thought that you did who, who the fuck's cleaning this up who, what does a shredder have to do with the fact that this child is without a mother listen it's consumerism at its finest josh was, if you're was feeling sad about also, your like, son, did her mom was, also hate the environment her mom was a secretary and she just really had fond memories Jesus of shredding Christ. papers with her dead mother jeez wow uh, oh my god it's just so it, it's it's the family. worst remake of the parent trap i can possibly imagine <laughs> and listen i fucking love the parent trap okay but this is aren't pretty, they pretty aren't they remaking the parent trap probably I, haven't they already done it like three times oh no wait that's uh the one where they the the, the mom and the daughter swap i'm thinking of a different movie what's that freaky called? friday that's it still lindsey yeah. lohan Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, they were like, they wanted to remake that. Well, no, they're making a sequel. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sequel, sequel, sequel. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Let me tell you, The Parent Trap from 1997, pretty damn good movie. It was on sale on iTunes for six bucks the other day. I fucking love that movie. It's very weird. It's very weird, I feel, as a grown man to like that movie. It's a great great fucking movie. How many Planters Nights out of 10 would you give it? Oh, how many how many nuts how many nuts out of a bag? I don't know um, nuts and twelve year old Lindsay Lohan. Okay, I just this sounds like a terrible direction to go. I will I will have you know every single adult in that movie is completely incompetent, with the exception of the housekeeper who totally figures that out like instantly. Like, hey, you're not the you're not the same fucking kid we sent to camp. Okay, you're that British bitch. Wait, 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 wait. He figures wait, it out wait, like wait. right away. What was the knockoff parent trap with the freaking uh, Olsen twins? Night at the Museum? No. There was a movie that came out in the late 90s where the Olsen twins basically remade Parent Trap. But they they didn't make it. They starred in it. What was it called? It, it Takes Two. My wife just shouted it from the, from the other side of the room. Isn't you guys that ever see the that? Game of the Year winner from last year from uh, Joseph <laughs> Fuck, Fuck the Oscars Ferris? Get out of here. No, Google it if you haven't seen it. I have not seen it. I, I, I take pride in the fact that I've never watched an Olsen Twins movie. It's mm. got a... It I has... definitely like Lindsay Lohan movies as a child. I think it has Christy, Christy uh, Allen in it. Christy Allen. Who's Christy? Kirstie Allen. Kirstie Allen? What's her name? I'm blanking on names today. Hmm. Anyways... Anyways. The, the, As you can the, see, the Olsen twins alley. of it all. Planters has maybe both the simultaneously the best and most juvenile ad campaign of the year, and it's fucking incredible. I support it. I started laughing when I saw that banner in the store, and Chelsea was like, "What are you laughing at?" And I showed her, and she was like, <laughs> "It took her a second to get it." She was like, "Oh my god." This episode sponsored by Planters Nuts. Oh God! And uh, <laughs> not really. I saw it during No Nut November. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this really a- concerned. This episode's off to a really weird thought, start. Listen, I I warned everybody ahead of time. I have had a hell of a day. I am definitely on my at least my second drink. Let's see if we can get you through this episode, Josh, without 
just completely I'm going I'm off here. the rails. I'm here. I'm fine. We, 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 we've already been off the rails. We've talked about nuts. We've talked about three different Lindsay Lohan movies. Dead mothers. Lindsay Lohan. Hashtag yeah. dead parents. Jeez. Batman. Lindsay that Lohan's was, basically uh, Batman. I was going to say Batman. I think we're due for a Lindsay Lohan like uh, resurgence. Like a uh, She's doing a bunch of Christmas movies for Netflix. That's how it starts. They're like Hallmark <sighs> for movies Vanessa for Hudgens. Yeah. Maybe they'll be a one together. Okay. Now, listen. I don't know. I, I, I would love that. Okay. That'd be fucking great. <laughs> Josh, has got, Josh has got a membership to the Hallmark uh, on-demand service for sure. Listen, it's for my grandma. It's in her name. <laughs> I'm not even I swear to fucking God. Oh. Uh. Sorry, sorry, Josh. You're gonna miss all this. Uh, what's that chick's name from Full House? Candace Cameron Bray or whatever. She the left Olsen Hallmark, twins. the Hallmark Channel. No, yeah, no, he's talking about Dave Coulier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John Stamos Christmas movies. Oh no! God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Well, so. While we're all gathered here at the end of the year, we thought it would be As you be can nice. tell, the season's going quite well. We thought it would be nice to gather around and talk about you know some, some of the good things that happened in Destiny, some of the not-so-good things, and some of the outright ugly things. So, let's talk about let's talk about the good for the year. We'll we're gonna we're gonna get we'll get the seasonal stuff in a minute and I'll read the twab while we're doing this because I haven't even peeped it yet. I assume there's nothing important in there. Um Never is. <laughs> Just kidding. The, the, the good. Brutal. Uh, guys, let's let's talk about some of the high points of the year real quick. Like, was, we'll, we'll kind of rattle them off. Um, I think the Witch Queen expansion, obviously, not just one, not just the high point of the year, the high point of, like, maybe all of Destiny since Forsaken. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think we can mm-hmm. all pretty much agree it's, I mean, I think it's the best campaign that they've done in the series, uh, personally. Yes. Um, Agreed. Definitely the most cohesive yeah. Definitely the most cohesive. Felt like it had the least amount of filler, too. Yeah. There was still a little bit of filler, but it felt like there was actually a purpose to everything we were doing. And I appreciated the flashbacks, like how we understood Sabathun's plot and her storyline and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the addition of Finch as an NPC has been an absolute treasure and a delight this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- this fucking wacky ghost who's like, yeah, fuck you, I'm not reviving you. Right, it's it's even better. Like, so we're in the dawning. It's great when you go up and give him a Christmas cookie. The dialogue. He's so touched to get a fucking cookie from you. He briefly moles rezzing his hive guardian to share the cookie with him. But I'll only <laughs> if, attempt that, it after you're gone. What if that was the season? What if you had to fight the hive guardian and kill him again? I mean, have you seen how quickly they die? He He's definitely going to be dead. Mm. But I can't smash his ghost because it's Finch. That's fair. Um, yep. Vow of the Disciple? Anybody? Great raid. Fantastic uh, raid. Maybe the best Destiny 2 raid? <clears throat> yeah, definitely would... definitely the best final boss, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. Rolk Ro- was definitely different, and we were asking for ones that we couldn't just stand in a well and fight. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't done Rolk in a hot minute. And I did it a couple nights ago with uh, with, with uh, Dealer and a couple of guys. And man, that was a fucking blast. Mm-hmm. That, 
it had been it had been a while and i just i forgot how much i enjoy the encounter leading up to it uh with the dunking and the reading of symbols and then mm-hmm. when you actually get up to Rolk, it's just it's fun yeah it's a good ambiance there it, it, it's fun the, the soundtrack is awesome to it uh, mm-hmm. i think the jumping puzzles are fun uh the loot was good <clears throat> i'm still a little bit bitter that his glaive was not the exotic that's like maybe my only negative that and exhibition is just such a weird encounter uh, that's it fun can, though it can take you one try or you can be there for an hour and a half um yeah. but once you get it once you get it down to a science it's it's great mm-hmm. yeah other high mm-hmm. points that I think I had, um, the narrative in Haunted, not the overall season, the narrative uh, I thought was really good, uh, over, especially uh, Zavala and Keitel's traumas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really good. Duality, despite all its bugs, I really enjoy it as a dungeon. Yeah, it's a Might great dungeon. Be my second or third favorite behind Prophecy and, of course, Spire of the Watcher. After Haunted, though, it kind of, I think we kind of take a dip um not a not a lot for me to highlight from plunder outside of the final cutscene i think the final cutscene is actually like we can make all we've made all the jokes about the nez tea but uh i still think that if once you get past that i think the scene between saint and osiris is really powerful to the narrative and to these characters that we've literally watched for years osiris wanting saint back he finally gets him back two seasons later you know, gets taken over by Sabathun and you know, and then Saint struggle this year trying to bring him back. It's it, it was it was rewarding. I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with some of the critique that, oh, we should have been in the room when it happened. Like, no, I think putting it in one of those stylized cutscenes was probably the best way to do it, frankly. Um, I think that allowed for it to be a more intimate cutscene, uh more intimate story. Um can I can I jump in? You can absolutely jump in. I, I'm just I'm I'm rattling off a few things that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I'll let you I'll let you finish then. No, no, no. I, I'm 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 good. That's that's <clears throat> my last like really like high point for right now. We're we're gonna talk about Spire of the Watcher later on. That's that's probably my last one. The Return of King's Fall, obviously. Um, well, where, I, where, I, I want to. What do you I got think. Here? Well, to to kind of jump in on the point about plunder. Mm-hmm. Um, I think plunder kind of gets a bad rap. Um. Because there were, so I, I, yeah, I, I want you to present the counterpoint here because I'm gonna, I'm gonna get mm-hmm. to this in the not so great. Yeah, and I, and I think I would put pl- season of the plunder in both the great and not so great sections for different Agreed. reasons. Um, I think the reason why it was bad is the storyline was a little stale, especially kind of coming off of Witch Queen. Yep. Um, or it was a little shallow. I guess is probably the way to put it. Yeah, um, especially like I think. Just to, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go, 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 go. Just just to jump in on that. Like, I think we had two really kind of heavy seasons that we were excited for something that was lighthearted, but still kind of did some interesting storytelling, which, like, Mm -hmm. I think the story that they presented was interesting, but it wasn't fleshed out enough and wasn't, you know, they didn't dive too deep into it. Yeah. And then the, of, like, the, the events and the, um, kind of like the gameplay elements that led towards the story were also pretty stale after the first two or three weeks. I, I think for me, when you look at it, you know, I, I don't know that the narrative is necessarily bad. I think how it was executed was bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was kind of the at. last chance to have something lighthearted before Lightfall and Final Shape, because let's face it, we're not getting lighthearted seasons next year. 
Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And especially coming off, I mean, Haunted and the events of Risen are some of the heaviest events that we've had. But you look at the narrative that we've had for, God, I'm going to say the last two plus years, going all the way back to Arrivals. Even Hunt, which I think is universally considered one of the worst seasons, as it should be. It has by far the probably the second worst activity. Still had a mm -hmm. really great narrative with Crow finding out who he is with the Hawkmoon quest, with getting him away from Spider and things like that. I think that was still really well executed. And for Plunder to be... I don't think the narrative was bad. I think it was just a step below what we've come to expect. You know... I look at previous the previous season that Mithrax was involved in, Splicer, and Splicer might be the best narrative that we've gotten in a season. It's one of them, for sure. Like, you know, in terms of that and, like, the aesthetic and everything else, so. So to, I guess, to, to, to sort of hit the other side of it and to really mm -hmm. point out why I think Plunder could be one of the bright parts is because Bungie took a little bit of a risk. Yep. And did a completely like wacky theme for their season, which is one of the first times I think we've ever seen this mm -hmm. where like, yeah, we've had, you know, all, all seasons have an overarching theme, but they've always been sort of like nested within the real confines of the story. But now, like I think them going pirates, like was a big deal for us. It? Like it kind of took us outside of the bubble and it really did kind of sort of present us with that opportunity to do something that was a little more high, uh, lighthearted um and i think that was a it was a very adventurous and kind of a risky step uh, and it, i mean when we saw we all saw it we talked about it uh, on one of the episodes we were all super excited for it i think the actual theme of the season i think the seasonal activity and catch crash was really fun um but I, yeah i mean uh i do think most of that season was just executed poorly yeah it, it felt like especially the plot beats with nezarak it almost felt like bad fan fiction at times to me Mm -hmm. um, and it, that's kind of a shame because Nezarak is a character that like we didn't know much about obviously leading into this and then it was kind of like oh all the worst theories I saw online the previous season when people were like oh I wonder if we're going to talk about Nezarak soon it's kind of like all the worst theories came true and that's a bummer to me this is a former disciple we're talking about um, I don't think that we're done with this there's going to be some kind of consequence and I think if there's one salvaging thing out of it, I think there's a lot of lore information that was really, really good in that season. Like, that's the one thing that like I think has consistently been great for years now has been, even if the story may be a little lackluster at times, the lore has always been good. And I think they continued that here. I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I, <clears throat> I agree with you. I like Catch Crash. I think that's a wacky activity. I just wish there had been a little more variation because after like run 30, uh -huh. you're like, Oh my god, I'm looking at the exact same hallway again. This yeah. is terrible. Yeah, I think I think I know they try to like randomize the rooms to make it feel different, but I think there should have been and Only I know having that, three possible combinations was pretty rough. Yeah, I I feel like I know this would have taken a lot more mm -hmm. development time, but I think they should have had I think it might have been better if they had like three separate ships that you went mm -hmm. through instead yeah. of just randomizing the three different so he, hear me out i kind of wish that the, uh, the the other thing that i i felt was like really half-baked was the pirate lords um those guys died like to a melee attack they were they were not very challenging to do solo um yeah i think this season it, it's funny because i think that seraph 
has kind of highlighted how you can have more difficult seasonal content without making it overbearing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would prefer an activity where I have to go in with three people, even if it's match made, to fight a boss that I've heard about, you know, in the story for that week that is challenging. It's supposed to be one of the pirate lords working, like, one of Aramis's top lieutenants. I expect that to be challenging. Mm-hmm. And it yep. simply wasn't. Like, I think there was an opportunity here to... Maybe you didn't need to do, like, seven or eight of these things. Maybe there was an opportunity to do three or four of them and have them be new Empire hunts. Since those are what we used to take down Aramis's lieutenants in Beyond Light. Maybe there was an opportunity there. Um, just kind of spitballing. I, I feel like the season had the bones of a good season. But for me, it's it's the most disappointing of the year. And I still think even being the most disappointing season of this year is still better than, like, other worst seasons. Like... I, like I said, I think back to Hunt, and I think this is better than Hunt. I think back to Worthy. This is absolutely better than Worthy and Undying. But I think that's also huh. a testament to the quality of a lot of the seasons that we've gotten. That this is, we're like, oh, this is one of the worst seasons. And you think about all the seasons ahead of it, and you're like, damn. That's actually, like, it's kind of hard to break into that, like, that next tier. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of, like, where the ball is in Bungie's court going into this new year and we can maybe talk about this later, but they've really, if, if we're going to have, you know, at least two more seasons of this kind of seasonal structure, which has kind of been alluded to in the TWAB a couple weeks ago or not, not the TWAB. Maybe it was a tweet. Uh, I don't know. Joe Blackburn had a a tweet thread about it. We've got a, we've got some, some, some insight that we've got at least two more of these like kind of normal seasons as we know them yet i really want to see them like make those last two seasons show us what they've learned all in like one season and like give us two seasons that are just gonna like blow us out of the water narratively loot wise activity wise because like you really can't stand to give people two more seasons of just the same old same old and i think that's kind of like you gotta you gotta show us what you got i I I definitely agree with that yeah. Um, I mean, so do we is. have any more any more highlights of, of the year that maybe we missed? Uh Kingsfall? Yeah. I mean we didn't I mean we I, I, I did it, mention but... Kingsfall. I wasn't I wasn't gonna dwell on um just like I didn't really want to dwell on the campaign or on Kingsfall or you know the raids. Oh that man, much. I would dwell on Kingsfall for the we next did. Hour well, because I know we'll be here all night. <laughs> but also Corey's like don't skip over my favorite thing ever. <laughs> it's, we uh, No, seriously, it's seriously my favorite thing. Bungie has ever done and yeah. it's still just as good as it was back then for, for sure um i was just kind of i, I think i was kind of going past it it's like ah we did entire episodes dedicated to uh to these specific topics um true 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 there that was a long time but yeah King, no king's hall is great i really need i think people there. have forgotten how good king's hall was i think we should tell them hey guys king's fall real good try it one time <laughs> the wall of dicks <laughs> wall of dicks my friends the, the ball dunking um I, I guess the last thing i kind of want to dwell on really quickly um and i'm gonna make this a quick thought um the look to the future that we got during the lightfall reveal uh lightfall showcase uh your nerd and i were watching it with uh with joe and johnny and i think i was a little surprised at like how much they wanted to talk about like bringing third-party applications into the game um, the fact that we're going to get like loadouts and LFG baked into game. And these are things that we've asked for for so long. And mm-hmm. I think we'd all kind of given up on it thinking, well, the old consoles probably can't handle it. It's This is going to kind of segue into the not so great um, 
the performance issues of the game are becoming starting to become apparent. Um, even on new consoles, it's becoming very clear that the old consoles are starting to hold it back. More Get ready, more. original Xbox owners. Josh is coming to doo doo all over you. Um, it's coming. I'm, I'm just saying at this point, I understand why Bungie is not taking the step right now. They want everything in the saga from Shadowkeep onwards, well, really for the Forsaken pack onwards, playable on the same console. Mm-hmm. I respect that. I understand that. You are also not a typical multiplayer game that sunsets after like or ceases title updates after like a year or two. You are an ongoing game. You are the longest ongoing console game that I know of that continually pumps out paid expansions, paid seasons, etc. And I think if you're going to charge a premium price point, we need to have premium performance. And that's becoming more and more of an issue. Like, for example, I'm, I'm going to point out, for example, the server issues that we had, um, Spire of the Watcher launch day. I understand that something wacky happened, but when something is so jumbled in the spaghetti code that you have to disable the API for like five days, you the amount of people that were like legitimately having meltdowns over this was both funny to watch and a little sad that it has effectively gotten to the point where if you are super serious about this game, you are using those third party apps. Yeah. Yeah. I and that's I bad. think that yeah, this year especially has really shown that stuff like Dim, for example, has become such a crucial foundation mm-hmm. to to the gameplay experience. I mean, I I don't use the built-in Destiny app. I go to my vault a couple times a year, maybe, yeah. just to like clean stuff out. Dim is Dim is being a third-party application has become a huge part of my gameplay flow and gameplay loop that. Yeah, I mean, it's they, that's something they definitely have to address this year, this next year, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm wondering if we're going to see a backtrack, and I don't know if it would get an. I don't think it'll get announced in 2023 if they do. Well, there's two backtracks. I wonder if we're going to see one is the promise of being able to play the entire saga on pre, on the previous generation. Because let's be honest, if you were just doing like PS4 Pro and Xbox One X, and I, I know that's probably I, I, almost impossible to code it for that, right? Um, then I would say you could maybe get away with it. But the fact that these have to run on the base consoles that came out in 2012. I know, gross. Plot and, twist, Destiny 2 coming to Switch next year. Oh my Ready, God. Josh? I, <laughs> man, I, th- I think my Switch would legitimately melt in my hands. Graphics would still be better than Pokemon. I it, bet it would still be better than Pokemon. It would still be better optimized. Uh, I <sighs> don't want to think about that right now. <laughs> this this sound and this is going to sound like needlessly cruel to say that they need to do it before the final shape, but we have to remember that they did this back in Rise of Iron Day also, where they cut support for the 360 and PS3 versions before Rise of Iron came out. Rise of Iron was not playable on those consoles. I mm-hmm. think that these consoles are fairly readily available now. But PS Direct almost always has PS5s in stock now. I've seen them on shelves multiple times, and I live in a huge metro. So if I'm seeing them on shelves, they're out there. I'm telling you. As um, somebody who's recently switched to PC as well, I can tell you that the system requirements for Destiny on PC are not bad at all. No, and it's you not can bad play it with pretty a pretty low... I really know system. people who are playing on Walmart PCs that are doing fine. They are What's wrong with Walmart PCs, Josh? Nothing. They're playing on the $700 PC, and I'm glad that it's working for them. 
Um, you know, you you need what like a 1060, I think. For your yeah, uh, you could play it on 1060. Yep. Yeah. So, because I don't, I think that's I, I don't want to, you know, say anything like I don't, I don't want to misrepresent here, but I'm pretty sure John has a 1060 or a 1070 in his computer, and it works yeah. perfectly fine. So yep. you don't you don't have to have like oh I don't, I don't want anybody getting it wrong. And you're like oh Josh is telling us we have to go buy a thirty eighty. No, I'm not at all. I'm saying you can literally buy like the most affordable graphics card that Nvidia makes and be. Maybe you should dip into your uh, Bright Dust cash, Josh, and buy everybody PCs. Maybe, you know maybe we should all just play on Stadia and end it all. Mm, yeah, let's 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 yeah, save the, Stadia. The is winning on January eighteenth on Stadia. Yeah. Let's save the stadia, guys. Hashtag save that's, the stadia. That's the real dark timeline. Is if we everybody else failed in stadia one. Tower casuals are gonna save stadia. Yep, stadia casuals. I, new podcast coming <laughs> January seventeenth. Reality, like there, there have been. <laughs> it's funny. We were we were kind of praising it on Witch Queen Day. We we're like, oh man, we didn't get booted at all. I it's used, a- I used, I used stadia to farm for my five funnel web. I'm so proud of you. I did. I did. I signed up for an account. I used it. We, I got uh, it. We, we, you know, we, we praised how stable the saber, the, 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 the sabers, the servers were on Witch Queen Day. And it's because there were like five people. <laughs> we we praised that, and it took it took the three of us a little bit of time to get in together. You, me, and Joe. It took us a little bit of time to get in together, but once one of us got into got through the queue and into the game, I think it was me. I just like sat down in the first mission and waited. I just got it. We we just got everybody in there eventually. Yeah, I um, remember. I was the last person. I was really cranky about it. You were very cranky. The and then vow to disciple. Everything went haywire on vow day, right? So there are still obviously there are going to be days where the population just spikes so much and it like gives us horrible like Vietnam flashbacks to Rise of Iron, um, or to like Forsaken's launch and things like that, but it shouldn't be happening every time that we launch a new pinnacle activity like dungeon and raid day dungeons raids and expansion releases are always going to be the days that your servers get completely overloaded because that's what everyone is excited for i do want to point out though there was not a queue on for the first time in a while on this most recent uh season launch and the dungeon release day i didn't hit a single queue I don't want to say that's a bad thing. Uh, maybe they ramped up their their available servers for it, um, but it could be a sign that perhaps yeah. there was a little a lack of interest. I, I'm, um, I'm going to be genuinely honest. I haven't hit a queue at all in the seasons this year. Um, for there definitely was for there definitely was for for plunder and for haunted. I remember because I was there like right as the servers were opening up on Xbox, and there was there were definitely queues. There was not a queue. I, I, I'm, I'm saying I personally did not hit a queue. I I loaded straight in, so uh, I'm not. And I'm not. I'm not trying to discount it. I'm just saying, like I personally did not hit them. I felt this even then. I felt that the queue times, even from when like you were in there, I felt like it was just a couple of minutes as opposed to like 30 minutes that we've hit in the past. Josh has got that streamer access. Yeah, Josh has got gigabit Wi-Fi <laughs> um, that goes down every two days. No, it only goes that we figured it out. We figured out the secret. It's only when I have Discord open. I see how it is. That's when just when I have Discord open on my Mac, it us. takes up so much RAM that it just like crashes my uh, Mac's network card. <laughs> Legitimately, we figured it out. Dude, you're I, getting a Dell. 
other things that I don't, uh, other things that I think like could have been better executed, um, the bugginess, like the bugginess of duality, is something that's still brought up regularly and yeah. with good reason. Yeah, um, that is yeah insanely frustrating. You literally c- couldn't. Well, you could, but you really couldn't solo it for a long time. No, I mean, like even even then, like I don't know if you were in there, but I just like two months ago, maybe. I think I was with uh, Joe Asus doing a run and we hit the bell to go over and all three of us died instantly when the bell was activated. I mean, I've done, I've done maybe like 30 or 40 runs of duality and mix and mash in master as well. And uh, yeah, every, every run you have a death from that minimum. It's still not, not fixed. Great. Well, not fixed until really late in the game. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would say so. Like, th- and I understand that like not every fix is easy to fix, but that seems like a pretty alarming thing. Um, and then I don't really, I don't really have a whole lot in this in between section. I have one really glaring thing in the ugly column, which again I don't want to spend a ton of time dwelling on. Um, Corey and I have talked about it a lot the past few weeks, and I know that you're kind of along the same lines as us. PVP. The complete and total neglect of PvP is a glaring issue at this point and is by far the biggest issue on Bungie's plate, I think. Like, more so than the optimization, more so than, like, the staleness of playlist activities, which do feel stale, is just how PvP has been just completely given the finger for, like, so, the third year in a row. Well, I, I, I feel like we don't need to talk about specifically where Bungie failed. I do think it's, it might be important to kind of discuss how they failed or like why they failed. I, I really do feel like mm-hmm. they just need to come out and just admit to the fact that like PVP has been bad and explain why PVP has been bad, like why they haven't been able to get out more content. Because like, yeah. I think the biggest problem really with a lot of this stuff, I mean, going back to the bugs that you were talking about, it's just lack of transparency, right? Like not explaining not it, acknowledging that stuff is broken, stuff's not there, stuff's not not in the roadmap. Like, why? I, I, I would there? I would absolutely agree with that. I think that for me, it's it's kind of a twofold problem. I don't know that modes is necessarily a problem. Um, we've talked at length um, with you included about how there needs to be a better competitive solution, and I think the bones are now there. I don't think it's there yet, but the bones are there. If you continue to mm-hmm. build upon the foundation that is there now, you will have a good mode. Yeah. Um, the biggest issue for me is one that plagued another game that I really, really liked, and I stopped playing this uh, earlier this year, probably like back in April or May. Uh, Halo Infinite is the lack of maps. Mm-hmm. To only have one original PvP map in the last three years is completely unacceptable. And for yeah. the disjunction of all things, I think is also like that just if it was a good map it would be one thing but it was good for one mode and one mode only which nobody enjoyed playing either for a game that's that has so much content available and so much asset so much so many assets available it's it's uh inexcusable i agree it's it's inexcusable we don't have any maps set on europa we don't have any new maps set on the moon um there, we've talked about environments that are ripe for this before. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think going and doing a map in the ascendant plane is ever going to work because of the lightness mm-hmm. of it. But the uh, we talked about the vex grid, 
you know, where we did the expunges at, that is a perfect environment right for it. You can use the outskirts of the mm-hmm. city. You know, you can do more things on. You can do. Th- uh, I would love a map set entirely on rooftops. I think that would be a lot of fun. You know, yeah. you really have to like. People want to build into aerial. Great, here you go. You have to do it. Like you, you're gonna have to be good on this map. Mm-hmm. Um, but saying we're gonna give you two old Destiny two maps that we took out of rotation and one new map, and that's what you're gonna get for the entire year of Lightfall is completely unacceptable. That's the, we need to know why doing the minimum that's not even we doing need, the bare minimum we need to know why we yes. need to know why it, or or you just need to say hey guys like pvp is just not going to be a priority anymore sorry yeah, yeah. I, I i would i would appreciate an answer either way um either way is going to make me mad i think because i mm-hmm. do truly like crucible but it's getting to a point where i'm not enjoying even quick play anymore and it has nothing to do with skill-based matchmaking i have no problem with that whatsoever it has everything to do with the fact that I have been playing some of these maps since day one of Destiny 1. Yeah. And I'm getting really tired of seeing some of this shit. Like, almost every map that I've gotten in rotation for the last three, four months that I've played has been a Destiny 1 map. You've got two years. Two years of this saga left. You need to decide, are we going to keep doing this? Like, it, will they, won't they? with pvp yeah or are they just gonna they just well, gonna say it that's i i think that's a good point that you bring up i forget who it was that i was talking with it might have been it might have been joasis and dealer when we were playing trials a couple weeks ago it feels like pvp is really in a holding pattern right now that they are like just they're gonna let it just limp along to the end of destiny 2 and then come out and say bam we're we're doing destiny 3 we're gonna do destiny 3 we're it's gonna take us another year or so before we're ready to launch it but we're gonna launch destiny 3 this is why we haven't fixed pvp because we're just we're going all in with a new team here that would not be an acceptable answer for me but it would be an answer the um, the unfortunate answer that i feel that you were going to get is that they peeled off so and we we know for a fact that a lot of the pvp people still work there but are working on a different game We've said it before, you can't abandon the game that's your bread and butter right now when it's literally the only game that you put out to move your senior people to another project that may not still may not see the light of day until 2025. Right. That actually that that blows my fucking mind. Not without saying something for sure. Yeah, not without saying not without publicly addressing it. And yeah. don't get me wrong, like I lo- I absolutely love what they have done for PVE over the last couple of years. Like we can all agree there is a radical difference from PVE beyond light onwards than there was for the first three years of Destiny Two. Mm-hmm. There's a wild radical joke. The, the year of Forsaken was an anomaly. Let me let me let me let me pose this question to you. Yeah, about PVP. Do you think do you think they would have rather just made Destiny a PvE only game and this is just a holdover from the Activision? No, I I days? think that they I think they would have liked to have made this a PvE only game. So I, I'm going to I'm going to give you yes and a no. Yes, I think they would have rather it have been a PvE only game and if they could go back in time, I think they would almost 100% make this a PvE only game. But I think they also really wanted PvP because that's such an important part of Bungie's legacy. Mm-hmm. From hey, that's what sustained Halo. You right. played the campaign, and then you played multiplayer for like four years, waiting for the next installment. How many? All three of us can attest to. We grew up playing in Halo LAN parties in our friends' basements, yep. staying up till like four o'clock in the morning, playing Halo One, Halo Two, <laughs> Halo Three, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
you know, in, in from, from junior high to high school to the college years. Like for me, I mean like Halo multiplayer. Halo two is a huge, like Halo two land parties of college was like a huge thing for me. I mean, Halo two is literally how I met my best friend in junior high. Like yeah. I, I would not have one of my best friends in the entire world without us both discovering that the other liked Halo mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. you know, right around launch day and, you know, the rest is history. But I think that that's part of why Bungie really wants Crucible to work and why they keep, because you can't deny, like I, when they try stuff, they're, they're trying to, to do things. I just think that their efforts are failing. And I'm not even going to get into like airborne effectiveness and that. Like, I know that's a big deal for like the hardcore fan base, the hardcore PvP fan base. Uh, I don't get the obsession with it, but there has to be some kind of middle ground. And I think balancing the sandboxes differently definitely helps, but it's not enough. We're 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 owed more than a few explanations, and I think that the majority of the community has been really, really, you know, understanding and it's given an awful lot of leeway, but even, even those of us who are pretty patient are, I think starting to finally have our patience run out here. I just, I just don't think that you can like, it's clear PVP was meant to be a pretty large, uh, part of the game yeah if you look at the lore you look at how many pvp events we have we have trials we have iron banner i mean and these go these are obviously development and design decisions that go back to destiny one um but it was clear that this was meant to be a big part of the game i don't understand why that it's fallen sort of to the wayside so much um but I, I really just think you have to make a decision at some point whether or not it's going to be fixed or it's not going to be fixed. Yeah, I think kind of kind of as a final note on this, um, I would say the other thing that I want to point out, that it's something that we've made a point to be saying throughout the year. This is a game that very clearly was not designed with a competitive element in mind. It was designed for the Crucible to be a place where you went and you could play against other players. Trials was introduced in House of Wolves because there was no competitive element and there was a subset of the player base that wanted it. That's where you went for competitive stuff. And I don't think it's panned out the way they wanted it to in Destiny 2. I think the way that Trials exists in Destiny 2 just kind of goes against their philosophy that they clearly have for the Crucible. Mm-hmm. And you know we we've talked about we talked about trials changes. You can go listen to plenty of those episodes in the past. Where we talked about you know our solutions to you know a se- uh, a seven win card that doesn't require you to go flawless, all this and that to make it more engaging to the rest of the player base. But I think there are some steps being taken. It's just this is a game that there is a subset of the player base that wants this to be the most competitive thing they've ever played and. I'm sorry, not every single game needs to be that. You can have PvP without it being this ultra sweat fest activity. I play the Crucible because I want to play with all my friends without having to go do a raid. I want to play PvP because I like I like seeing how I match up against other players from time to time. I like that abilities handle differently in different modes. I like map design. Bungie's map design is still phenomenal. Like that's something they've carried over from the Halo days. Like Bungie's multiplayer maps are always something that I pay attention to and I look at. I love, you know, finding the little design quirks that they put in there, you know, the little nods to other things that are going on in the storyline. 
there's so much you can do with it. And I think that we've all kind of reached the point where the fan base and like us on this show, where if you do a Destiny 3, Crucible needs to be broken off into its own game with its own pool, its own balancing, its own weapons, etc. Like it needs to be two separate entities at this point so that you can fully and finally have an entire team only working on PvP and an entire team working only on PvE. So would a Warzone, like the sort of the division that um, Warzone versus like main title Call of Duties currently have, like where you get a Call of Duty title and Warzone as a separate game gets updated with the content from that call of duty in it. Do you think that would be something that would work for, for destiny? I think destiny is in such a unique position because of the ability sandbox and because of super abilities that I don't think it's as cut and dry as that. Right. But they've said that they Um, don't want crucible to be based in abilities. They've said they want it to be like mainly. uh, Yeah. I I understand that. And uh, everything that's happened in crucible over the last year completely like spits in the face of that argument. I think agreed. Agreed. Um, I think that's why Corey and I were proposing, uh, you know, a hero shooter earlier on in the year, you know, almost more Mm -hmm. like overwatch or Valorant based. I want to be a Shahan main. Oh man, Shahan feet picks. That's what I'm talking about. Whoa! Um, no, I, all I know no. is all I know is after seeing those Assassin's Creed uh, Destiny armor sets for Valhalla, I really want to play as uh, Shax in Saint 14 in a hero shooter thing. Yeah, I, I think there would be definitely be room for for us to be able to do that. And I think that would be a way to like control ability spam. Also, like, oh, you have to pick your hero, and like you get a certain set of abilities set to that hero, like tailored to it. Um, but also like you can completely tune abilities as much or as little as you want to in a standalone crucible game. Um, I think there would obviously like be an incentive, like, oh, if you're playing a lot of PVE, like, hey, you're gonna get bonuses, you're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get your weapons, you get to carry over your weapons with your rolls and things like that. Like, I think that would obviously be a big thing. But if you went and made Crucible, for example, a free-to-play game, you would get Similar to Call of Duty, like, okay, you get certain weapons, you can do certain, you know, mods and certain upgrades, but if you're playing the full thing, you're going to get the full experience. I think we should call Activision Blizzard, and we should get their opinion on how to run a free-to-play shooter game, a uh, hero shooter game. I think, I think they're doing a fan... Epic. I think... I think I think they should do that. And absolutely beg them to license Bungie Unreal 5. I was joking because Overwatch 2 is an absolute shit show. It is and an I absolute do, show. And I don't think that Blizzard should provide any insight on how to launch that game. No. I no, would like I I, I do agree they worry. should talk to Epic, I think, uh if yeah. they were to do something like that because obviously Epic is clearly the master of the free to play whatever, right? And I would say Epic and Respawn are probably the two yeah, companies you I was going to I was going to say I was going to bring up Respawn and Apex cuz I I feel like Destiny's mm-hmm. whatever the hero shooter would be would probably fall more in line with an yeah. Apex model than a yes. uh, Fortnite model but either way Yep. Well, I mean look at look at all those games and see which ones managed to avoid like you know the widespread criticism really you don't hear a lot about Apex these days being doing bad things yeah no, it's just kind of you know more of the same it's got a dedicated very dedicated player base very passionate fan base and uh it's a, it's we a talked great about game this, we talked about this last night on the boss rush pod that i was on 
we were talking about the game awards and you look at the award for um best ongoing game and it's almost the same games every year because those games are consistently good it's Fortnite, it's apex legends it's destiny it's final fantasy 14 i think we need a a gotcha dating simulator destiny spinoff i mean listen if i can bake cookies for mara all day i'm there Whoa! That's the Netties game. Just wait. It's it's ba- it's baking fucking cookies. It's just a dating sim. <laughs> I mean, I would low key play that, but you totally up. would. Would Jax's helmet and, stay on though? Um, if you give him a lot of cookies and you pay fifty dollars and buy the expanded battle pass, he takes that helmet off real no, fast. He just that's lifts, not the only he thing he takes lift, off. He just lifts the flap up and eats the cookies, and that's okay. enough. And then Josh gets his good Christmas nut. <laughs> you all a good nut (laughs) (laughs) all right so yeah kind of of year in review a lot a lot of really really good stuff happened i know we didn't talk a lot about the good stuff but that's because we spent all year talking about the good shit um and there there are some there's there's some rough patches but i think overall like still a pretty damn strong year like it's it's not the strongest but it's pretty good like it's well what would you say is the strong was the strongest if it's not this year um i think there's definitely an argument well so if you're taking everything into account seasons and expansion i think there's still an argument for it to be and i'm not saying i necessarily make this argument but i think there's an argument for it to be forsaken because you look at forsaken you got the forsaken expansion you got last wish you got the shattered throne you got the black armory scourge of the past you got joker's wild with gambit prime uh and well, game of prime went over really well we can kind of skip it. every year has a bad season that's what i'm trying to get at here every year has a bad season <laughs> and then you have opulence which i know most players think is like the pinnacle of destiny 2 i personally don't think it is it had crown of sorrow with it as menagerie i think it's pretty close in terms of like overall content when you include the expansion and the seasons between forsaken's year of content and witch queen's year of content i'm inclined to give the slight edge here oh you also got zero hour that year which i'm gonna say in the game i'm gonna say the destiny is in a better place now and had a is in an overall better place and had a better year than at the end of that year i will agree with you i will agree with you there there was so much uncertainty at the end of that year because that's when the activision split happened the Activision split mm-hmm. happened before Opulence came out. So mm-hmm. Shadowkeep was basically already set at that point. Uh, they made they made it clear. And like, you, you look at the content that was provided then, like the reason why we got three raids was because they had like four studios working on this game at once. Mm-hmm. I still don't think they've hired enough manpower to get back to that level of content production. But I think what we're getting is more consistently good especially in terms of storytelling and gear Ooh, can i ask a question to both of you you can absolutely ask a question uh subclass 3.0 the the new subclasses the subclass reworks Mm -hmm. were those a positive or a negative Corey? go oh i think they're definitely a positive in a lot of ways uh speak to me specifically about a titan because we we have a person that mains each class here yeah i mean it just I think it allowed you to really build around your play style more. I am definitely like when we go and raid and stuff, I'm definitely a, a bubble Titan. Right. But like 
my play style is definitely I just want to run in there and shoot guys and be, you know, resilient and punch people and use shotguns and, you know, take out people. And going through with the uh, the Sentinel Shield Bash Titan and, and having different aspects that allow me to be more resilient or charge my uh, melee faster without having to waste a mod on it or, you know, doing these different types of things just really allowed me to play the way I want to play. Now, granted, I probably became a worse destiny player because I was less careful, but also like that's how I want to play strikes and, and nightfalls and, you know, dungeons and stuff. I want to go in there and be aggressive. And it allowed me to do that, you know, but also when you flip the table, like I was allowed to experiment with other things like, you know, Johnny gave me this really awesome solar titan build that i messed around with for probably like a month and a half that just throwing hammers and using the giant hammer and running around with dune marchers which everybody makes fun of me for but i did anyway and (laughs) you know it just i think i think subclass 3.0 is a lot better than the way it used to be especially because like you can mix and match grenades now you could uh you know mix and match abilities that weren't available to you before. It just more customization is always better. I think Josh go. Um, overwhelmingly. Yes. Um, I mean, I've basically turned into an arc hunter main, which are words I never thought I would say. Right. Uh, I don't think I those j- are words. Any hunter ever thought they would say. I joked in the first week of arc 3.0 that I had already played more arc on my hunter than I had ever played combined of arc um i deliberately would use other classes when i needed to do arc stuff or when i like when i played on other classes i used arc a lot they were just more fun i mean who doesn't want to thunder crash or shoot a gigantic ball a uh, beam of lightning like who doesn't want to do those two things i was a pole dancer on <laughs> hunter class i was literally also auditioning for a strip say. club out there <laughs> like it, it's it's pretty it's pretty sensual darth maul this is not uh, Corey, and, that's just more content for the Tower Casuals only fans. It yeah. was one of those. It was one of those classes that like you had to be like really elite in PvP to use it, to use it properly. Um, sure. So I'm glad that I got that entire subclass usable. I think Hunters got some of the most fun perks of the year in Gunpowder Gamble and Knock 'em Down uh, with the the Solar set. That was a lot of fun. Blade Barrage is viable again in endgame content, which is just wild to think about. Um, it's funny void I think is the main complaint that most people have void hunter is probably I would say the biggest if or maybe second biggest sore spot in the game and it's largely because of people who have to play them in pvp Um, going back to it I see a lot of complaints about like oh well I don't understand why the hunter's entire kit is about invisibility well because there's there it's in the name they're night stalkers like it's literally playing their identity I think that's one of the instances where they really really nailed playing to the identity and using like class and subclass verbiage is with the night stalker um the problem is you have exotics that completely like destroy any semblance of balance with that class um interesting if we can all agree that omni oculus and gry falcon are both just horribly broken and have been they, they've been nerfed they're gonna get nerfed again and they probably still need another nerf after that Getting my dodge back as quickly as I do is definitely a problem in PvP, but I love it in PvE. Like, it's almost essential to have an invis hunter in 
a day one raid team or on a grandmaster. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoy that, but I've also enjoyed like testing myself this year when I've done higher end content of not running a void hunter of deliberately making it a little bit harder on myself and my teammates to, Oh, I can't go in to come get the res. I'm throwing an arc staff out there. I'm, you know, I'm running blade barrage or I'm running stasis. Like all four classes are finally viable. And I think it's like that for almost every class. I say almost because stasis Titan is in a really, really bad spot. And uh, arc warlock has been too much better from what I understand. Mm. Um, nerd, I don't even give, remember the last me, time I used a stasis. Give, Titan. give me your, give me your thoughts on uh, on warlock subclasses. Uh, Void was awesome. Yep. Um, Solar was miss. Uh, I don't think they knew what they were trying to do with Solar. I think Solar got there by the end of the season, though. They deployed some buffs. To it, it was good for it was good for that season. Okay. Um, but a lot of the tools, a lot of the things that made Solar awesome existed in the toolkit that was gotcha. related to that season. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I think it's. I think Solar has an identity crisis, and then Arc. I would agree with that. Uh, I think Arc just needs a couple super buffs to make it viable. Um, I've actually had a lot of fun playing Arc this season. I would be shocked if the Geo Mags nerf did not get reverted. They they did a little bit of that, uh, but yeah, not enough. I, when when they did the when they when they did reverse a little bit of it, I was like, I, I don't think it's enough. I think they're gonna have to. Also, the tickly finger super Emperor Palpatine super still needs a little more little needs a little more juice. Yep. But I think with a couple super super ner- or super buffs, that subclass <clears throat> could be uh, viable. So I mean, overall, I'm happy. Uh, it's certainly fun to and like I think what Corey said is it gives you a lot more versatility, gives you the ability to kind of tweak and adjust things to your play style more and that's always a good thing gotcha okay any any final subclass 3.0 thoughts if not we're gonna move on to the next topic uh we're, we're gonna start getting through things uh here we've been going for quite a, a little bit longer than i thought we were going to uh, any final thoughts on the year of content or on subclass 3.0 no nope. i mean i think overall a good year um great year fantastic year uh, a few downers, but overall, I think a very positive uh, experience for me in total. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed playing. I took I took more breaks this year than I ever have too, and I think that helped a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely took a break at the end of this past season. Yeah, I did too, and I'm I'm taking this current season a little bit slower. So, Spire of the Watcher. All right. Full disclosure, Corey, you have not finished this, correct? No, but I've I've watched enough of it to okay. talk about it. I um, we got I mean, and there's just nothing to really spoil here, right? Yeah, so. no. Mitch and I ran it the other night. I mean, we weren't even close to being ready. I did the first, the first like opening mission of the season, and then we ran right into the dungeon, and mm-hmm. you know, no mod, no mods, really, no <laughs> anything, and we we got like halfway through it. We weren't even planning on doing it, right? We were just kind of like, oh, let's let's jump in. Uh, I do like the mechanic. Of the dungeon. Well, if you like it now, get ready for that boss room. Yeah, that is Corey, uh, Corey's training to become an electrical engineer. Yeah, nope. It is absolutely wild. Um, I so I, I love this dungeon. I when I saw that it was going to be on Mars, I was like, I was poo pooing it the night before it came out. I was like, <laughs> ugh, I don't know how I feel about this. Mars. Gross. Everyone knows how I feel about fucking Mars. Josh and... loves Mars. 
Sand. God, I, listen, it's when coarse, I heard that that was everywhere. getting vaulted, I fucking did a happy dance, okay? I found out that and Mercury are being taken out of the game, and it's like, yes, the two worst destinations are gone. The two worst destinations in both Destiny games, mind God, you, dude, are Mercury, Mercury was just terrible. Mercury fucking sucks. Um, yeah, you guys really... The people who thought that Curse of Osiris was better than Season of the Plunder, who hurt you? Yeah, who said you? that? I want to. I want to have a stern conversation with. Go have a stern conversation that. with half of Reddit. I want to say get fucked because that season sucked. Uh, uh, I'll go. Po- yeah, I'll go post I mean, that on Reddit right now. Up. And I know that's really aggressive, season, but I, yeah. I already don't like Mars. And then I saw this season was uh, Warmind and Seraph focused, which also we all know how I feel about season of the worthless. So oh, I was season. like, oh no! I know, dude. As soon as I heard Warmind focused, Mars, Seraph, I heard the word Seraph. I was like, oh God, what is, what, they're just, they're just mixing all the worst words. The, my instant reaction was, please let me put Rasputin into an exotic so I can use a vault this entire storyline forever. Oh, Damn. Man, awesome. jo- Josh just would dismantle that, that Ingram. I would. I, 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 I would. I would. would be I, Zol is allowed to live in my vault before Rasputin at this point. Damn. Mm. Uh, but all like all, all jokes and all bitterness aside, I actually really like this dungeon a lot. I think it's unique and creative. Um, I like that you have to infiltrate the facility, you have to climb the tower, and then you have to go right back down it through the middle. Um, the dimensions are definitely not the same as on the outside. I want to make that really clear. <laughs> on the inside, it's a little it's a little wonky in there. So is it a TARDIS? It, it could like, be. I mean, if David Tennant shows up and some Daleks show up, then uh, I'm going to be a little concerned. I think the that next kind of like are kind of like Daleks. A little this bit. is not it's not it's not a hard dungeon. Right. But if you've never experienced Garden of Salvation, you're in for a bit of a surprise with the two bosses. Um, it took Joe and I a second to realize that, oh, we have to shoot the eyes. We couldn't figure out why we weren't doing any damage when we were shooting the middle eye. And I'm like, oh shit, we have to shoot the eyes off. This is Garden. This is Garden 2.0. I get a clever reuse of assets, and I love that it's using the Vex from the Black Garden. That that's the faction of the Vex that the Witness has under his control. Because they're obvious. I mean, they're the ones that are literally worshipping the darkness that we see at the end of Destiny 1. Mm-hmm. And then when he first makes contact with us in the, in the Lunar Pyramid in Shadowkeep. So that was kind of a nice, like, full circle nod. I felt like we kind of been wondering, like, what are they doing? Are they just, like, fucking around? And Ikora even addresses that and was like, man, I was really hoping that we were done with them after we killed the Undying Mine, but I guess not. They're still out there. The Witness is controlling them now. And I think that opens up some interesting lore possibilities. You know, we see ourselves building a coalition of these different forces. You know, there's a faction of the Fallen under our, you know, our banner and under the Witness's banner with Aramis. There's a faction of the Cabal under Callus and under Keitel. There's uh, the Hive that exists under Zivu Wrath, and there may eventually be the Lucian Hive with us as an enemy of my enemy is my friend thing. I'd love to see a faction of the Vex just like come out of a portal like in our darkest moment and start blowing up that army and then just disappear like without a word. Like... (laughs) Yeah, but what if there's a simulation good. where yeah. we are the the thing that that like helps them on their journey, and so they decide they want to like help us? That's not that, a the, the mystery of the Vex feels like something that they're saving for post final shape. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't think they really know what they want to do with them. They kind of like leaped in and just were like, ah, oh, we need another race in Destiny One, and 
they've never really built upon that. Um, but I think that uh, that adds to the fun and the mystery of it. Theming that like all all of what's all of what's going on here and like tying it into the seasonal storyline, I think it's really creative. I love the theme. I like the idea that the armor that we get, Tex Machina armor, uh, the ca- the cowboy hats, yeehaw, um, is actually from the fire team that is canonically sent into the spire after we take control of it. Uh, that Anna guides through. <laughs> I love that we basically went back and picked up their clothes. Anna um, goes. Why in are they running around the, the spire naked? Anna goes in with a bunch of rednecks to try to defeat the Vex. Yeah, because they thought sure that you got a bird in mouth. And then the weapons. I, I think the weapons are a particular note here. Uh, legendary dead mans. You get that. You get the awesome sidearm. You get the grenade launcher that shoots two grenades, and you get mm-hmm. the LMG. And they all mm-hmm. have like that ridiculous wood paneling on the side. I know. I'm so um, excited to like. It is a out. lot of fun. the. Every one of these weapons is really fun to use. They all have great perks, great perk pools. I've been using uh, what is it, long arm, the uh, the scout rifle. I've been using that quite a bit, uh, with all the arc shields that I've been seeking this season. Really enjoying that. The exotic looks completely wacky. I have not gotten the exotic yet. You will. Uh, I I will. I have not gotten the exotic yet. Uh, Max got it on his first run, though. That was really cool. Um, you shoot, like you create a guidance ring, and then you shoot an arrow through it to do like triple the damage or something. Uh, it does. A lot it's an interesting. Damage. It's an interesting concept. I'll. I, I'm curious to see how well it plays out. I would rather exotics take a chance like this and maybe not always hit because at least you tried something new. I agree. I agree 100. I just feel like most, more often than not, they don't hit. They don't, and you know what? I'm I'm kind of okay with that. In a world where you have La Monarch and Trinity Ghoul, how many people are really craving another like really good exotic bow? John. You, well, yes. <laughs> uh, we we love you, Johnny. So, uh, nerd, you you've gone all the way through this. You and I did. Uh, we did our day one run together uh, mm-hmm. with our yes. with our buddy Joe, Colonel mm-hmm. Panic, friend of the show. We love you. We miss you. Um, what are what are some of your thoughts? on the dungeon just overall just quick quick thoughts on it um stem stern i love that the vex went uh on amazon and bought a 50 pack of amazon power cables um and now it's it's an interesting uh i mean it's not my favorite dungeon i don't hate it i love i don't love it uh it's sort of sits firmly kind of in the middle um it kind of I do like the the sort of like the fact that it's a facility that you kind of have to scale and like you're using the environment to kind of traverse up. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get a lot of verticality in, you know, at least to that extent in a lot of uh, experiences like in combat in heavy. Yeah. combat, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to do I have only done the dungeon once, so there's probably more that I need to explore in there. And I didn't really get to do a lot of the mechanics. So I can't speak to like how fun those are. Or like, I know you can cheese them. Um, so I won't, you know, I won't spoil that for people that want to figure that out. But uh, overall, I'd give it like a seven out of 10, 6.5, seven out of 10. Uh, loot, loot's cool. I like cowboy stuff. Uh, I think the warlock cowboy gear is probably the worst looking gear out of the three sets um but overall i mean pretty neat i like that they're taking chances and they're t- they're kind of going out with these weird themes that they wouldn't normally do and it's yeah. pretty cool i mean 
going from pirates to cowboys are like two really weird themes that like i didn't think we were going to get the armor overlap is pretty great though like you can mix and match that armor really good yeah yeah the armor okay so big not i don't want this to like go off on a tangent but like if we're gonna name a plus side or a, a positive thing for this year the armor team the armor design team is a huge yeah. huge asset yeah. that the, the the entire bungee team I has mean, I'll never i mean this whole season when joe bought the void armor while we were waiting for you to load into the first mission of witch queen he bought the void armor and had it equipped and we were all freaking out because he had this void shield on his back Mm-hmm. We were yeah like, oh armor God, team that's superb. so cool like that's something i didn't expect before like you know i may rag on these collaborations and i still don't like the assassin's creed one but the fortnite armor looked great yeah i actually kind of like absolutely bought the warlock set i kind of like the titan assassin's creed set not enough to so buy it, but it, it's fine uh i i like that i like that it's not like giant shoulders yeah it's like the most normal set of armor you guys have ever gotten yeah, I, and I actually like, that you like can wear the shield on your back too. Yeah, I actually like most of the armor this season uh for the Titan which is hilarious. The because, elemental armors continue to be great. Yeah. The helmet this season for the the Titan is cool, the arc helmet. I think I think the one that I really want to shout out is uh the Reaper armor in Haunted. Yes. Uh, My, that that's is... the only reason I completed like that motivated me to yeah. get into that season was like, I really just want the armor. And then from there it pushed me to do more stuff. Like I got really into grandmasters late that season, yeah. like the armor, yeah, the armor grind that season. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah, I, I want to get back to the dungeon, but absolutely. Like that is a set that I'm actually floored. They did not charge $15 for. Mm-hmm. Because that would have been the easiest fifteen dollars I've ever spent in this game. Uh, the cowboy set. The not not just the cowboy. I, I was talking about the reaper set, but oh, yeah, okay. the cowboy set too. Very surprised the cowboy set was not charged for. Everybody would have bought it for a cowboy hat. Let's be honest. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would have bought it true. right away. Um, I love I love that the hunter set is the only set where you can use the hat with literally any helmet because it's not part of our helmet. It's part of our cape. Mm-hmm. It's because you guys bitched for like two years that you wanted to have i mean the, separate the components cape is also ugly so uh, you can't if i this this brings up a point that i've i've talked about like briefly and i don't think i've ever addressed it here i would like to be able to like equip certain parts of certain armors to other sets like i really would love like once we leave these old consoles behind i would love like full customization like let me put my cowboy hat on but wear like still have my dead orbit cloak on for example, mm. um, mm-hmm. let mm-hmm. Titans and Warlocks pull their hoods up. Why Why can't you guys pull hoods up? Why is that only a hunter thing? Um, why can't I have giant shoulders? You don't want giant shoulders, Josh. I've been trying to get rid of giant shoulders for eight years now. Okay. Josh does want a loincloth. I mean, that's fair. I do want a loincloth. Absolutely. They gave me a mini skirt this season. Now I need the loincloth. Um, getting back to the dungeon though, I I do think that like the the, theming at Western, like down to having a fucking tumbleweed roll across the beginning of the dungeon. Oh man, that was fantastic! It's so great. Um, something else I think we need to shout out because like I I really enjoyed it in the dungeon and I've enjoyed it all year. The music team is just on, just amazing yet again. This has Mm -hmm. to be the hardest working music and audio team in the industry. Always have been. At I mean, least for really. an FPS. I'll say at least for an FPS because, I mean, man, the sound design in, like, Elden Ring is incredible. 
Um, mm-hmm. Are you finally playing Elden Ring? No, I've watched enough videos now, though, that I can appreciate all parts of it. I'm diving in after Christmas. I simply have too much between now and Christmas. But that is okay. uh, that's going to be my January game. My goal is to have it finished by the time Persona 3 and 4 come to Game Pass at the end of January. Because those are absolutely going to be what I play until Lightfall. So. You won't be done with it. Shut up. Um, you won't be. Any any other thoughts? Any other thoughts we got we got on the dungeon, guys? Like we, we don't have really a full review. I might gather some more thoughts. I've done about five or six runs of it. I might gather some more um, for next week. But Nope. I'm going to run it this weekend. Hopefully I'll have a more thorough review but after the break from your local station um i want to talk about one more thing before we uh just you know kind of kind of start wrapping up for the year we, we got a couple listener questions here and uh like i said last week we're gonna hold the lore corner off until uh next until the beginning of the year i want to take some time to kind of figure out where we're going out with the storyline now and figure out what we need to cover between now and lightfall uh, I want to talk about the loot from this season. Uh, does anybody have any drops that they've really liked of uh, new seasonal or dungeon gear so far? Besides cowboy hats, we're not talking cowboy hats. Do not count in this conversation. I will point out. So I, I I kind of alluded to this a little earlier in the show. I just recently switched from a longtime Xbox player to to PC, and so the world of PvP has kind of reopened up for me. Um, I've been playing a lot with the disparity pulse rifle, which I know has yes. been a, a very popular gun yes. with everybody, but I have one with outlaw and desperado and I've been really enjoying it. Um, it's probably my go-to PVP pulse right now, uh, which took, a you know, I think I like it better than no time to explain. Yep. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to getting, you know, some of the, the Aikilos and Seraph weapons. Um, but I think the disparity for me has been it was an unexpected like bonus. Yeah, I, I think the last season, with the exception of uh, Brigand's Law and uh, oh god, I can't remember the name of the scout rifle from last season now. Uh, tar- not is it tarnished metal? I don't know what it is. Yes. But, uh, okay, Th- those two were like the only good weapons that we got last season, not counting the King's Fall weapons, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in King's Fall, I think you got like the, the scout and the pulse. That was about it. Um, mm-hmm. It's been pretty underwhelming for for weapons. I would say the last six months or so, like Haunted, didn't have a whole lot that really like floated my boat. Um, I know a lot of people are having to get Ostringer back. I really like the- uh, Callus Mini Tool. Get out of here! I'm talking. I'm getting the Callus Mini Tool. Callus Mini Tool is has not left my inventory since I crafted it. I use it. All How the time. dare you? Um, Drang is awesome. Drang is really, really good. Again, uh, I've enjoyed the different glaives that we've gotten. But this season, man, Disparity is absolutely my favorite craftable weapon since Peace of Mind. Um, I think that it is just, it hits all the notes that I want in a primary. Uh, I got mine with Moving Target Desperado, and it's just amazing. Uh, Also, special shout out to the uh, Vanguard smg that you can get it's a stasis vice smg and i got that with uh dynamic sway and adiago um i would like a better roll on it but that's a pretty smooth smg that's what i ran day one in the dungeon especially for those eyes uh cory 
do you have anything you've been enjoying? Uh, well, I I haven't really had a lot of time to play. I got two of the seasonal drops, though. I got mm-hmm. the the trace rifle. What is it? Path of least resistance, I think, is what it's called, right? And mm-hmm. uh, it's fun. I'm glad we're getting more legendary trace rifles. Uh, it's my favorite of the legendary trace rifles yeah, so far. Yeah, it's. It, I've definitely been using it more than than i have been using trace rifles uh i also got the pulse rifle which is it's i think it's a stasis pulse rifle it's it's yeah, cool it's, uh, it's yeah i feel like far and away I, the best weapon yeah i i have a lot of stasis pulse rifles so i'm trying to figure out if this one is worth keeping or not uh it is yeah i i mean i'm gonna have to check the roll and see if i can get a better one but you know, I have a couple other stasis pulse rifles that I like to use. So if this one's going to replace one of those, that'd be great. Um, but those are yeah. the those are the drops I've I've gotten so far. Uh, um, I would shout out Longarm from the dungeon. I know I did in our dungeon breakdown. It's, I mean, right now it's definitely my favorite dungeon weapon. Um, and I also like the, uh, I like that Iclos SMG is back. Uh, I got one to drop with uh, Sarah Frowns already. Sarah Frowns uh, surrounded a rangefinder, and yeah. that's been really fun to play around with. I love that it's craftable. Yeah, um, that and Ikelos Shoddy, just two classic weapons. Um, but all four of the Ikelos weapons are back. It makes sense uh, that they're here in the Warmind season, I, and I, I like that. It kind of feels like they're setting us up to expect a pattern of okay. When seasons when we release a new dungeon is when you're going to get some reprised weapons from like old mm-hmm. destiny 2 content yeah so i think origin traits have been a, a good win for this year too i don't we, we don't have to talk about it but i think origin yeah, traits I, have I been agree. really massive addition that have really changed like a, a couple guns this year have have been good specifically because of origin traits mm-hmm. um i would say the one for this season is probably my favorite or it's at least one of my favorites uh ambush which improves improves range handling and damage against combatants during the opening moments of an engagement um and when you're running a weapon like desperado that that has desperado i guess i should say um that's a lot of fun i also really like uh the part of the reason why i like that uh stasis smg so much that i have is because, of course, since it's a Vanguard weapon, it has Vanguard's Vindication on it, but it also has Vice Stinger. Uh, and both mm-hmm. of those are just great weapons for a, or great traits for a primary. Uh, very excited mm-hmm. about this new exotic that's dropping on Tuesday that is going to have two origin traits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be kind of wild. Um, I wasn't liking how... And how many catalysts? Uh, Several? Four. Yeah. So this uh, this kind of feels like the next step in the evolution of like what they wanted to do with Hawkmoon and Deadman's, which we found out last night will be craftable in Lightfall. <laughs> um, they revealed that on Firing Line. So uh, interested cool. to see how that comes around. I I want more stuff like this though. I like that the ambush trait, for example, will not be useless when this season is over. Whereas I, I want to find the exact wording. It's the callus. It's the one that's on callus mini tool. I feel like is going to be something that really isn't that useful past this season. Uh, yeah, two. Well, no, I guess the the one that I'm thinking of isn't this one. Two uh, XS is actually really good. Um, there's one. There was one specific one that gave you 
like a bonus when you were fighting nightmares and i was just like oh oh here we go extrovert final blows while near multiple combatants or near nightmares restores health and oh yeah on the uh the haunted weapons yeah i have that on my uh my shotgun that's what i was thinking of um and i don't i don't think they were really executed that well the first season like and in like base witch queen but i think they've really taken on a life of their own especially like I think this season, like it's glaringly obvious how good some of them are. Mm-hmm. So, all right, man, we're, we're actually making good time now. Do let's let's do our last couple questions of the year. Let's do it. Questions. Questions. We have two questions tonight. Ooh. Tiger Jesus writes in and asks us. What underperforming heavy weapons would you like to see become the meta? Nerd, I feel like you would have some fun answers for this one. I really want LMGs to come back. Uh, I yeah. was always a big fan of the LMG meta. Like, well, I guess, yeah. I mean, they were meta back in, like, late Forsaken era. Um, when we had, like, Thunderlord and Hammerhead that were you know meta boss dps for for quite a while um uh grenade launchers heavy grenade launchers would be cool to see come back um just because like but now the anarchy is kind of slid out of the way and isn't you know kind of holding the top spot there Uh, those would be my top two for sure uh Corey, what would you like to see yeah uh i mean machine guns definitely uh i i miss just whipping one out and just frying everybody right i mean you can still technically do that in strikes and stuff but like i don't know man something about thunderlord and even even the uh king's fall one that i used to use in destiny one all the time and i still Mm -hmm. use from time to time now it like doesn't feel like it's as impactful as it used to be and i would like to see those come back yeah, I think part of that's because we we have such a greater variety of weapons now than we mm-hmm. did in D one. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. No, I'm not complaining about the yeah. variety of weapons. I just I like, you know, sometimes I like to carry around a big machine gun and walk around like I'm the boss of the town. You know. I will say one of the nice things about this year that I've really enjoyed in terms of DPS has been the linear fusion meta. Um, they were never really that good before now. And yeah. they've been really fun. Uh, who would have thought that a three burst linear fusion would be like the most coveted weapon in the game and would drive me to do that stupid encounter in duality no less than 50 times. You love it. I mm-hmm. fucking hate it. If I never see that encounter again, it'll be too soon. I um, just like that. I got to rub it your face that I got something before you did. You did. But who has, who, who has Vex Metroclast and how many runs have you done? <sighs> I don't have either nerd if that makes you feel better. So I yeah, would, have I you would, done like a hundred runs, Corey? I've done probably like ten or twelve. I yeah, would it's like not the same. to. Uh, it's nowhere near the same. I would like to see uh, heavy grenade launchers come back. They were really meta there for like two seasons, and then it basically just went the rockets permanently after that. I feel um, swarm of the raven. Swarm, yeah, so, man, that it's funny. I, I was asked uh, the other night we were doing Last Wish. And they were like, okay, so how long has it been since you did Riven? I was like, uh, Swarm of the Raven was still meta. Oh, we used I, Prospector for a while. Was Prospector was the Riven DPS king for a while. It was wild. Uh, Lament actually does a lot of damage now to Riven. 
uh, if you run up and uh, sword the shit out of her foot. I dealer did like 700k on his own down there. Just using Lament. He outscored uh, any of us who were using Linears. Jeez. So that was kind of wild. Um, I Yeah, I'd really like Heavy Grenade Launchers to come back. I want an excuse to run those. They're just, they're a lot of fun. I really love the one they gave us in Plunder. Uh, Cry Mutiny, you shoot fucking grenade launchers. It's great. Or not grenade launchers, cannonballs. Can we can we just get heavy snipers to do the correct amount of damage too? Like, no. to, well, I, okay. Nobody wants a Darcy meta. Okay. <laughs> Although I would like to see Fuck me make a re- make a return. I don't think there's any reason for it to still be nerfed like it is. It is. It's superior. You just have to jump. Jump. Also, uh, can we please get that? Can we please get both of those moved to the energy slot? Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Um, our other questions come from Ronnie. Ronnie has two questions. Ooh. So, uh, spiciest favorite seasonal weapon, including dungeon event and roll. Um, so I'm going to take this as like anything from this year. I- I'm going to limit it to this year. Just so we're not like trying to think back like multiple years. Oh my gosh. I'm mm. having, tr- I'm struggling thinking back multiple seasons. <laughs> uh storm chaser yeah storm chaser is pretty good really shook up i mean that was it was really what kind of set off the linear meta i mean yep. we knew we knew cataclysmic was good when val dropped but when storm chaser <laughs> dropped it really just kind of sent storm everybody chaser into was a linear so much more obtainable for people i think yeah yeah, yeah. um I, i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna provide a different answer i like storm chaser um, and I still kind of alternate between Storm Chaser and uh, Galley pretty often for, for DPS. Um, I really enjoyed Sweet Sorrow back in Risen. Sweet Sorrow and uh, Peace of Mind were both awesome. Really enjoyed both of those. Great, just outstanding roles on both. Callus Mini Tool, we talked about Callus Mini Tool earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, man, Tarnished Metal. I really enjoyed Tarnished Metal, but if I had to pick one, I think Brigham's Law is where i go with um i sidearm no i'm a noted sidearm lover i got mine with <laughs> uh, i have minecrafted with uh feeding frenzy and volt shot the and volt shot vandal man that that thing just there's no greater feeling than seeing just every enemy get zapped it's it's great i really enjoy it i enjoy the wackier perks um it makes the game more fun to me in content that feels even if it's older content it's like man i'm having fun because i'm playing with brand new roles incandescent is another one i really really liked Mm-hmm. Um, they have confirmed that we're going to get a void trait similar to those two um, within the next couple of seasons. So that'll be fun. Isn't that what volatile rounds were? Yes, but I don't think they want to give that to too many weapons. I think they would rather that be something that comes in and then goes away. Mm. Okay. Um, but that was that was also my thought for the for the record. Um, mm. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I think. I think I, I really enjoyed a lot of the season of the Risen weapons. Yeah, I, I Risen really had a really good sweet to open the year with. Yeah, I really like Sweet Sorrow and Peace of Mind, especially Peace of Mind with Vorpal on it. It was super useful in a lot of situations. So uh, one, uh, what's the what was the wave frame grenade launcher? Uh, uh, explosive personality, is yes. that it? Yes. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Um, yes, I also did. liked the scout rifle from Season of the Haunted. What was that called? Tears of Ooh, yes. Tears of Contrition. Yeah, I love yes, that. It was that. a great year for Pulse and Scout fans. Let me tell you, best as a scout in the game. Yeah, I'm still using that. 
as like this is a, a solid pick yeah i uh I, I use it a lot when i want a kinetic scout um i mm-hmm. think that the i think tarnished metal edges it out just a little bit because i like how it fires a little bit better yeah i'll, I'll edge you out on it. i'll edge you out um the other one that i really enjoyed um i would be remiss if i did not mention this uh insidious mm-hmm. with uh with rapid hit the four the four burst pulse from yeah. uh Wrath of the Machine, or not Wrath of the Machine, God, Bow to the Disciple. Oh, uh, man. First Wrath weapon that I made craftable really from excited, the raid. really excited, Josh. It's the only weapon I've made craftable from the raid <laughs> so far. Really, really enjoying it. Uh, still go to it from time to time, but I just have too much in that energy slot that I'm playing around with. I feel like that's the slot where I change it up the most. In my primary slot, I mean, I... I'm still clutching my messenger. My beloved messenger is still in my. I can't get inventory. you to put that damn thing down. I love that thing. It, it's going to have to be ripped from my hands, like my bygones and my blast furnace were. If blast furnace comes back to this game, I'm never going to uh, another primary ever again. If blast furnace comes ever back, again. Josh and I are just going to be. We're going to be logging on instantly, and you're just going to see the drool hanging from our mouths. I'm, I'm going to be grinding until I get five red warriors for that. Uh, <laughs> and then Ronnie also asks. Um, he asks a question that's not really related to Destiny, but we've grown accustomed to these types of questions. Uh, what was your favorite video game growing up? Even if you went back and played it and it doesn't hold up, what game growing up could you not get enough of? Oh, God. Halo 2. Halo 2 is... I, I think Halo 2 is like a given answer here. I bet you that... that I was going to say, I figured that's the answer for all three of us, but for me, it's Halo 2. I, I, mean, I, I need a non-Halo 2 answer. What is... Me? I, mean, I, mean, what I is need a non-Halo up? answer from everybody. Damn it. I mean, what is... What is... <laughs> What does growing up mean? I mean, I'm older. I would, than, I would I think say I'm older teenagers. than both of you. I, so. I would say not by much. I would say I don't know, like anything up until you were like 14. Oh God. Uh, so I mean, Turtles in Time for Super Nintendo Ooh, and Hyperstone good Heist one. for Genesis. Solid. Those are two great Ninja Turtles games that you can play now on whatever <sighs> system you own. Uh, Hyperstone Heist, super underrated. Uh, yeah. I put the I, arbitrary timeline at 14 years, and then I realized Halo 2 came out when I was 12. Oh, uh, well, you know. So, Jeez. I still can't use yep. that. <laughs> Zoomer. <laughs> Zoomer. Um, yeah. Nerd, hit me with one. Uh, it's a cliche one, but it, it really was a huge part of my childhood. Chrono Trigger. I was a Chrono big Trigger. RPG gotcha. fan gotcha. growing up, and uh, I found that game our local library had it uh, rentable and I rented it and I fell in love with it. And then the next time I went to go rent it, it was stolen from the library. And I thought for a really long time that like, I was the only person who knew about that game. And it wasn't until like college that I found out that everybody knew it about it and everybody loved it and thought it was amazing. And was just, I'm a little surprised your answer wasn't Diablo too. So, okay. I mean, I could spend, I could spend a whole episode talking about Diablo too. Um, Please don't. But I won't. I won't do that to you. Are you guys excited for but, Diablo 4? Uh, yes. 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 Diablo 4, if I buy the, if I pre-order it, will be available on my birthday. So I'm absolutely getting Diablo 4 early. I will be playing nothing else. I, it's funny. I'm going to have to peel myself away after a couple of weeks to go play Final Fantasy 16. But yeah, Final Fantasy 16 looks great, too. Um, my answer for this is, I mean, uh, we, we all know I'm a, I'm a few years younger than the other than the guys. Um, so I I grew up at the tail end of N64. Like I was six when I got my N64 and I was eight when I got a GameCube. So um, 
sweet baby boy man it's funny like if we're talking like when i was young pokemon silver was the thing i played a lot of red and silver those were like my favorite games i'm pretty sure i wore my cartridge out for pokemon red yeah um Mm -hmm. i still have my pokemon red cartridge i have pokemon red and i have pokemon silver somewhere in one of my boxes in the closet along guess what red i went blue i well i had i played blue first and then i got rid of a bunch of stuff to get games for game boy advance and then i regretted it so i found a cart a red cartridge which i was like that's eh, like the same almost i did not pick out my first pokemon game it was given to me <laughs> and that's what i was given and i loved i was like really into dinosaurs so charizard was the shit yeah still is still, still is, is the shit. still is yeah. i have a charizard ornament on my tree mm. that's great um so like if we're going like real young there i would say that one um as i get a little obviously i mean we we said no halo 2 halo 2 is probably the most formative game of my entire life but i would say uh wind waker is a very close second um good choice wind waker is what made me fall in love with video games interesting Um, it i liked ocarina of time and i liked majora's mask but wind waker i loved the cell shadedness of it and i liked that it was like a bit more like light-hearted than those two for most of it and then you find out that ganon is like a complete psychopath in the game and it's it's great like it's just it's great i love how you how you beat him at the end by you know stabbing the sword into his head it's great it, it's a it's a great it's a great game and i felt for a very long time they never captured that magic again until breath of the wild but that i was, agree with that that was the game that made me go okay you can make some super you like games don't have to just be walk here walk there like there was the whole boat mechanic there was the wind mechanic um, people hated that game when it came out too i know they did i'm very well aware that they did i remember the hate it was getting back when i used to read when i got my like first game informers and they first showed the cell shadedness people freaked out because it wasn't the mm-hmm. realistic stuff they'd seen at space world Mm-hmm. and they were like oh bad. my god this looks like a kid's game and like now i think it's like quietly revered as like one of the best 3d zeldas um mm-hmm. twilight yeah. princess certainly did not do it for me i've never mm-hmm. played skyward sword and well we all know that breath of the wild is like my favorite game ever made so but yeah wind waker uh i i have i have tune links all over my apartment like no no shit i have li- i have little Toon Links. I love the design of Link from that game. Man, give me another one. Give me a true sequel to Wind Waker, and not this Phantom Hourglass bullshit. Where's the Gallarhorn, Josh? I don't see it. The Gallarhorn has not arrived yet. Um, what? The Gallarhorn will not arrive until uh, Q2 2023. Oh, for hell. For fuck's sake. I mean, Joe and I had needlers on order for a full year. <clears throat> Only for GameStop to put them down to fifty percent off the week after we received our orders. <laughs> I was so mad. I had ordered mine on Amazon, thinking I was smart, and then Amazon wasn't supposed to ship it until December. They shipped it a full month early, which meant I had to explain that charge to Chelsea a full month early. Rip. And then it went down to half price, and I was like, "Don't please don't look at the GameStop sale right now, honey. Please don't." All right, does you any- had a rough. You had a rough few months with with memorabilia. I, I did have a few rough few months with memorabilia and uh, explaining packages that are still showing up at my doorstep. Um, do we have any any final any final musings uh, on Destiny or uh, or on this here before we uh, we wrap it up and we get out of here? 
I said it before. They've got to give us two really good seasons. You can't yeah. like, I think Lightfall is going to be good, but you've got to follow that up with two really good seasons because you can't just coast. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think they have a lot of ground to cover in the next what eight and a half seasons, nine seasons. So to get us to a point where. I mean, does the story end with the Final Shapes campaign or does the story end with the fourth season in that year? You know, I mean, like, that's something yeah. that we haven't really talked about yet either. Um, I think that'd be really interesting. I think I think that'd be really interesting if you ended like instead of, you know, four seasons that year, you get a, a campaign that lasts, you know, two or three months. They, they just drip feed you missions every week i think that would be really interesting but uh i don't know they have a they have a lot of story to cover in the next two years i'm really interested to see what changes what doesn't how it ends how it theoretically begins again you know mm-hmm. but we'll see yeah i'm kind of curious how we get to the events of Lightfall from the season that we're in currently yeah um and I think that I think it's part of the part of the great mystery of these games, right? And the Game Awards trailer, I think, only served to raise more questions for me. Um, from the awesome shot of the hunter grappling onto the thunder crashing titan, which Johnny immediately was sending to me uh, in the middle of uh, Joasis and I recording the pod last week. Uh, everybody was blowing my phone up with that, like going, "Oh my god, can you believe this?" I'm like, "Yes, I." Please stop sending this to me before my network crashes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did not want that to be the moment where it happened. Um, to some gorgeous artwork towards the end that very much looks like the the parable of the winnower in the garden that we've heard. Um, and there's some there's some other like very curious shots. It looks like the guardian uh, grappling onto a ship as it jumps to light speed. I'm presuming it's one of Callus's ships. Um, as it's going to Niamuna, or the helm gets hijacked by Osiris or something. I don't know. Um, but either way, that looks to be probably the end of the first mission of the campaign. Um, I'm still standing by my theory that we lose Earth for at least the campaign. I would not be shocked if we got like a Red War 2.0 going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, Plot twist. Saint and Osiris just go and open up a coffee shop. I would be okay with this. I really, ho- I really hope that Spider is the benefactor. <laughs> And they just make different different drinks out of characters out of Nezarak's balls. I, what what just say it? Out of Nezarak's cum? I don't know. Oh no! no I didn't say that. Oh, no. I did not say no. that. Nope, nope. <laughs> Do not put those words in my mouth. I didn't say that. I don't want any of that in my mouth. Uh, don't put that drink in there. <laughs> I mean, listen that that Nez tea was a little uh, little su- but, a little sus. I mean, the thing too, though, is is do we think that Niamuna is going to be the new kind of home base? If we're losing, I mean, we're we're definitely losing the tower, right? I mean, um, I, I mean, so and Earth, I guess. I feel like it's fairly logical that you're going to have to like retake Earth, but I can't. They're not going to vault right Earth. I could see them vaulting the tower for a season for like a year. And being like, hey, we're removing the tower from the game and then bringing it back at the end. Um, and just, we've we've said it for a while that we feel the helm is going to become our base of operations anyways. 
So why not just yank the trigger and, you know, park the helm in Niamuna or something? I don't know. Um, I think that would be an interesting storyline to follow for those seasons is like basically gathering all of our allies and like carrying out like guerrilla strikes. And then in the final shape, you assault Earth to take it back once and for all and, you know, save the traveler and all that bullshit. I know exactly how it works, how it plays out. You guys ready to hear this? Mm -hmm. Sure. Opening cinematic, the witness, he's in a ship. It's his special ship. It's very powerful. He's flying over the last city, shooting at shooting down at the at the at the city, shooting at the traveler, destroying everything. He laughs, he cackles. Suddenly another ship drops in behind him. It's a vanguard ship. It shoots his ship, shoots it, it blows up, he's heading down, he crashes into the ground. The other ship comes, lands right next to it, gets out. It's a guy. He's wearing a helmet. You can't see who it is. He gets out opens the cockpit of the witness's ship. The witness is in there. He's still alive. He takes off the helmet. It's Will Smith. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> Punches him in the face. What Credits if, roll. What if... Keep rap- my planet's name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if... What if... What if the Traveler is like a mass relay? Ma- oh, and the Reapers yeah. come. God. It's but Mass that, Effect but, but Four. Like, no, but the witness is kind of like, like clearly like as this. Go to Mass Effect for a second. The, the witness is the is like the main Reaper guy, and all the pyramid ships are just the other Reapers, essentially. The witness is just it, it, the plot twist. He's just Saren. Oh God. <laughs> This, this you is, can beat the witness with a the, with a perception this is just challenge the enemy from Andromeda. It's yeah. just a skill check to kill the witness. Yeah, you can um, actually get him to kill himself. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see how they play this out because I mean they basically have like this expansion and four seasons to like really like relay like the threat here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It it almost feels like it almost feels like see if they start bringing content back like as we start like liberating areas maybe like maybe we bring back titan one season maybe we fully reclaim mars um i mean your favorite there's four there's four areas that have technically been lost to the darkness nobody wants the tangled shore back so that can stay gone but like maybe you reclaim the other planets and they've been permanently terraformed because they've already said that if we bring them back they're going to be completely different yeah, and I think they've already been doing that with Mars with the temporal displacement. I'd yeah. love to see what you do with like a redone Mercury and a redone Titan, especially Io. I think is interesting just because that's the last place the Traveler was before it rested over the last city. Um, and you know the the Silver Tree that we did in Arrivals and all that, mm-hmm. like the Pyramidian, is still there. Could we meet Asher's Vex Collective and get them on our side? That would be great. What? What? <laughs> There's a lot of intriguing things. Um, I, w- I want to save any more any more theories that we have. I want to save for uh, as we get closer to Lightfall. Um, yeah. So with that being said, Corey, do your thing. Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. Let's get on out of here. Um, so we we this is the last main episode of this of the year. We may do a pickup for the exotic quest. Uh, what next week, Josh? Is that what we kind of? theoretically maybe talked about uh, uh yeah i'm planning to do a uh, a special episode probably on wednesday morning is when i'll record it and get it uploaded 
Um, okay. Talking about the uh, exotic quest and the uh, exotic pulse. Um, it won't be a full-on review of the pulse because just I won't have enough time to do that. But uh, I wanted to get something out there so we weren't waiting until January like 5th to do any discussion on it. Right. Yeah. So we'll do a pickup there, but this is the last episode of the year. Um, everybody enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your new year. Enjoy uh, whatever you celebrate this holiday season. Nerd, thanks for joining us. As always, your voice is always welcome here. Um, always. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want people to find you? I guess in the Discord. But Join the Discord. Yeah. Josh, where can we find you? Uh, for right now, you can still find me on Twitter, at Josh underscore Finn, two N's. Ooh, I just slurred my own name there. That wasn't good. That's um, fine. <clears throat> but yeah, you can find me there. Um, I'm hanging out in the Discord more and more these days. Come join the Discord. We've had plenty of raid groups this week. We've had a lot of dungeon help. Um, getting we have a we contest have... going on until the end of this week. Donning con- fashion contest. We do have a donning fashion contest. Uh, sorry, it's not a uh, it's not a fancy prize this time. It's uh, it is an emblem from my uh, my collection that uh, I'm willing to hand out. But um, we we might have a cowboy themed one the week after Christmas. Hint hint. Yeah. Um, so you guys be looking to that. And Get your chaps on. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna plan some giveaways uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, I'm gonna sit down at the beginning of the year, do some planning for uh, for next year, so we kind of aren't just deciding things on the fly. We can be like, okay, this is what we want to do and when we want to do it. Uh, kind of yeah. space out some giveaways this time. We went really hard for episode 100. I want to spread the love a little more next year. We did do that. We did um, do that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you can find me at I am Corey HG on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow Tower Casuals at Tower Casuals. Join the Discord. It's a good time. Uh, you won't be disappointed. And uh, that's it. That's a wrap. 2022. It's over. Whee! I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And we will see you in January, Guardians. Goodbye. Bye-bye now. Bye. Mm-hmm.